Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Wishes Bride Christina Marshall, who was married at Walt Disney World's Seabreeze Point and had a reception at Living Seas. And Christina had a lot of neat details in her reception that I thought you guys would be interested to hear about, about how she chose those and what it was like to have them. So welcome, Christina. Hi, I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much for being on the show today. To start off, I'd love to know how you and your fiancé decided that you wanted to get married at Disney. So we kind of started going to Disney probably, I think it was March of 2014. It was kind of a spur-of-the-moment trip because I hadn't been since I was a kid, and I just felt like we needed to get away somewhere fun. And then in November 2014, we got engaged and we decided we wanted to do a Disney wedding because I didn't want a traditional wedding. And I'm Italian, so that means I would have had to invite 300 plus people to our wedding. So we wanted to do a destination somewhere cool, somewhere that would be like a fun experience for our guests. And obviously, Disney was top of mind. Not only is it fun, but the customer service is just, I mean, you can't find that anywhere else. So how did your friends and family react when they found out your wedding was going to be at Disney World? Did they have to travel very far? Yeah, so we're all from Toronto, Canada. Basically, most of my family had flown down, and it's only about a three-hour flight, but we also had a lot of people who drove down. So that was about 20 to 22 hours, depending on how which direction you went and where you stopped. But most of our friends and family weren't surprised. A lot of them had actually asked us if we were getting married at Disney, like the day we got engaged. So they definitely weren't surprised and they were definitely very excited. Oh, that's great to hear. How many guests did you invite and how many did you end up having? So we invited about 95 And we had about 47 come. A lot of them were kind of family that I was forced to invite. So we knew they wouldn't end up coming, but we just had to send them an invite anyway. That's a pretty good turnout considering everybody was coming from Canada. Yeah, exactly. Tell me a little bit about how you chose your ceremony and reception venues at Walt Disney World. I'm not very traditional, which kind of automatically made the wedding pavilion, not an option for me. Although sometimes throughout the planning process, I'd still had second thoughts purely because of that view of the Magic Kingdom. But during our site visit, we had walked around some of the venues and at all of our trips, we'd always stayed at a boardwalk resort. Um, So Seabreeze Point was pretty familiar to us and kind of something that we knew about and we knew we liked because we'd always walked around and seen it. Um, And it had that kind of beachy, rustic feel to it. I also wanted to do an Epcot ceremony, but I didn't want to wake up at 9 o'clock in the morning. Well, (laughs) I didn't want to wake up earlier than 9 o'clock in the morning to get my hair and makeup done. Um, So that was kind of out of the question. Um, And then in terms of our reception venue, so the Living Seas was pretty much 
the only venue I really wanted to see. Our sales consultant then tried to convince us to look at Atlantic Dance Hall and some other ballrooms, but um, my one condition was that I hate ballroom carpets. <laughs> so I didn't want to get married in a ballroom because I didn't like the weird carpet in there. But the Living Seas was amazing. Like that aquarium view, like that's something that our guests will never be able to experience at Disney or pretty much anywhere else without going to, you know, an aquarium in real life, but they'll never be able to have dinner there. So it's definitely a unique venue. Now, it also has carpet. So tell me a little bit about the difference there. <laughs> so the carpet at the Living Seas is very plain. So it's just like the blue. And then I think it has like a bit of gray, but it doesn't have like those weird ballroom floral designs that I just didn't think would go with any of my theming. So I see. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot more neutral. You can you don't have to like decorate around it like sometimes people do with the wedding pavilion or Grand Floridian. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So then did you have a theme for your wedding? So my theme was kind of, I would call it like a beachy, rustic feel. I mostly wanted to incorporate a lot of DIY items. Um, and if you ever come to my house, you're more than welcome to come over. Um, it looks pretty much exactly how my wedding looked. Um, so it's kind of just like a personal taste for me, um, more so than an actual wedding theme. Interesting. And tell me a bit about that, because when you're using a location that's inside the park, there's not a lot that you can provide on your own. Usually you have to use Disney floral for that sort of thing. How did you incorporate DIYs into your Living Seas reception? So I'm not really sure if I just got lucky with my floral coordinator or if I was just like so OCD that they didn't want to say no to me. Um, <laughs> but when I went to my planning session, I pretty much brought like a PowerPoint presentation of everything that I wanted and everything that I wanted it to look like. So as we were going through, I pretty much told our floral coordinator that I was making these things and she really didn't seem to have a problem with it. The only thing that Disney forced me to get through floral was my centerpieces and they did exactly what I would have done on my own anyway so it worked out pretty well for me. And do you think that was because you provided such detailed instructions in the PowerPoint? I think so. I mean I've heard of a lot of girls not being able to bring their own decor but I think because I was so detailed about exactly what I was going to bring I'm sure they probably didn't worry about what it was going to look like and they weren't worried that it was going to I don't know cause some sort of issue if pictures were to surface on Pinterest or something. Interesting yeah. So then when you were planning, what were the most and least important aspects of your wedding where it came to focusing your time and budget? It sounds like decor and the DIY feel was pretty important. Yeah, definitely. I knew, well, I mean, coming from Canada, obviously the exchange rate wasn't that great. Um, so for me, I wanted to spend money on things that I knew my guests would remember. So the food, characters, the location, things like that. And I didn't want to spend too much money on decor through Disney because I knew that I could make it myself for half the price. So that's why I decided to DIY a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting. And then were there areas where you were like, I don't care about that, I'm going to save some money? Yeah, so for the longest time, I really wanted these gold sequin tablecloths. And I think I like posted about them a million times. And I had talked to my floral coordinator about them and they were so expensive for a tablecloth that eventually I just had to like give up my dream of these gold sequin tablecloths. I ended up using them on just my cake table just so that I had one sort of 
shiny area and I went with gold Mickey confetti instead, which was probably like one sixteenth of the price, maybe less than that. (laughs) And like, that's something that my guests will never remember 10 years from now. Um, So I didn't want to spend all that money on it. That's a really good point. Now you did have a lot of unique touches. Do you want to talk a little bit about the ideas that you got and that you implemented yourself to make the reception your own? So I spent a lot of time on Pinterest like most brides do. And I knew like we had been to the Living Seas a few times. So I kind of knew what the space looked like and what I could kind of fit in there. So one of the first things that my guests saw when they walked into the Living Seas was our guest book area. Uh, So what I had done was I found a chalkboard sign at Michael's. Um, I had put together instructions on how to use our guest book because we did kind of the makeshift photo booth um, because obviously I didn't want to pay the exorbitant amount for the photo booth. So we ended up using just an Instax camera and I brought props for everyone to use um, and they took photos in front of the screen at the Living Seas entrance. So that was one kind of area that I put together. And then one of the other areas that was fun was our bar. Um, So we had two signature drinks. Um, So I had made a sign uh, because we named the drinks as well. Um, And it had the ingredients of the drinks. And then also I had that typical Pinterest sign of if you drink, there's going to be photos. So be on your best behavior. We had one of those. And then I also did a kids activity table. We didn't have that many children, but I knew that they would probably get bored of looking at fish. So I had an activity table for them. And then I think one of the nicer elements that my photographers liked at least was my Mr. and Mrs. sign. Um, So originally that was one of the things that we were going to get through Disney as well. Um, And I believe it was $75 if I'm not mistaken. And then obviously with the exchange rate that pushed it closer to 100. And I was at Michael's one day and they had just come out with all this new wedding stuff. So I had found a Mr. and Mrs. light up marquee sign. So I kind of worked off that theme. I had a couple more marquee letters on our guest book table. And I had bought a mailbox for our card and gift table that I put some vinyl on that said the Marshalls on it. Um, So just a few small little touches that kind of brought everything together. And that Mr. and Mrs. sign looks great in photos for listeners who aren't listening through the website and don't see the slideshow, it has little globe lights. Like Christina says, it's like a marquee on a old timey theater. Christina, did that have batteries or how did you set that up? Yeah, so it had batteries. I think it was just a couple double A's. And so when I had put my content list together for Disney, I let them know that they had to just turn it on and where it should be placed. And then I also included some extra batteries because I wasn't entirely sure how long the sign would last. But I still haven't replaced them to this day. Um, And we also use the sign at our at-home reception as well. Great. You probably had a lot of stuff to ship down. Did you ship it or how did you get all this stuff down from Canada? So we actually drove down to Disney. Funny enough, we actually got into a car accident a few days before we were supposed to leave. um, And we weren't able to take our own vehicle. So we had to rent a vehicle, which ended up working out like we drive a Jeep, which is pretty big. But the vehicle that they gave us was a Buick Enclave. And for people who don't know, that's like basically the rich man's like minivan. (laughs) And this thing was huge, like... (laughs) So we fit all of our stuff. I had three bins of things to give to Disney um, on top of my giant wedding dress. So thankfully, everything worked out. and We were able to get a huge vehicle to drive down. 
Wow. And then at the end of the night, who gathered all that up and who was responsible for it? So between my mom, my husband's mom, and his sister, um, they put everything back together for me. Perhaps we can show your guests my contents list, um, but it was laminated and itemized and everybody knew what was going into the bin um, and what was coming out of the bin. So it didn't take them too long to pack everything back up. Wow, that's a great idea. So a laminated content list for each bin so that they just check it off. That's great. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I had a question about was you did this really great looking naked cake, just a small cake on top of a rustic stand that I'm assuming you also DIY'd and then had cupcakes. Tell me about how you decided to do that. So the rustic stand actually came from Disney. Ah. um, And it was one of the things that I really wanted and it was really expensive and we almost cut it from the budget um and i'm so glad we didn't because the next day we got an email from our floral coordinator telling us that the stand was actually ours to keep Ooh. um so they delivered it to our hotel and now i have this rustic cupcake stand in my house that's awesome do you remember how much it was i think it was 250 Ooh, good thing you got to keep it. <laughs> I know. Well, and that that was the entire reason why we I almost cut it. But it was kind of one of those things that, like, if you look on my Pinterest board, like, that's pretty much the only thing I wanted. Um, I used to work at a cupcake shop quite a few years back. Um, so I knew I wanted cupcakes, and I knew I wanted that rustic cupcake stand in our centerpieces. We did, um, like, a slice of wood, and that's what our mason jar centerpieces were on top of as well. Um, so that kind of tied the whole thing together. That's great. And then how did you decide how many cupcakes to get for your guest count? I pretty much just left that up to Disney. They know what they're doing more than I do. So I just told them how many people were coming and they just brought all the cupcakes. Um, And it was nice. I think we only had maybe 12 left over that we got to keep. Wow. So, yeah. Good job, Disney, estimating the cupcakes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then did you guys add a dessert party at the end of the night? So we actually did our dessert party the night before as a welcome party um so we did we had dinner and then instead of like the usual having like a buffet dessert we did liquid nitrogen s'more spheres which was super fun for all of our guests because we did a dinner party I really wanted those fireworks photos that everyone posts mm-hmm. um so that that's why I wanted to have the welcome party the night before and it was kind of, it was one of the highlights for our guests, I'd say. Uh, most of them didn't buy park passes, a lot of our friends especially. So this was kind of their freebie evening in Epcot. Um, and I mean, they got to experience the fireworks and Disney food in a completely different way than if they had done Disney on their own. So it was pretty awesome. That's a great point. Now, for my listeners who aren't familiar with the liquid nitrogen spheres, can you describe that dessert? Oh my gosh, it's like, <laughs> they basically... <laughs> They take this sphere of chocolate and they have marshmallows and I think there was graham crackers in there. And basically they put it on a spoon and they dip it in liquid nitrogen to um, freeze it all together. And then they have some ice cream around it and it's like heaven in a bowl. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, don't they pour some sort of like caramel sauce or something on it too? I remember there's a liquidy aspect of it. Yeah, so I think they pour chocolate over top, and that kind of opens up the sphere so you can see the marshmallows and stuff inside. That's great. And this is a dessert I recommend because it's so show-stopping that you really only need that. You know, you don't have to have a whole buffet, like you said, of other desserts, because this is it. (laughs) 
Exactly. Yeah. And for food, we did we did the macaroni and cheese bar, chicken empanadas, and uh, the red wine short ribs. And that's pretty much all we serve for dinner. But I mean, they just keep bringing food out until you literally cannot eat anymore. So I, I wish guests had known about the liquid nitrogen s'more spheres earlier because they probably would have <laughs> ate less at dinner. <laughs> now, so that was just your welcome dinner. What did you have on the menu at your reception? Oh, my gosh. So at the reception for our cocktail hour, we did, we started off with a cocktail hour and we had beef skewers, spanakopita, and then we did macaroni and cheese bites as well as a chilled spinach dip. We didn't attend our cocktail hour, obviously, but it was awesome because as soon as we arrived at the Living Seas from doing some photos after the ceremony, they had a plate put together for us of all the appetizers. So it was awesome that we still got to enjoy those even though we weren't at the cocktail hour. That's great. Mm-hmm. And then for dinner, we ended up doing a buffet mostly because we love Disney food and we wanted to be able to have our guests experience kind of a plethora of things. So for salads, we did the chicken Caesar cones um, and I had seen a photo online of these cute little Mickey shaped croutons. Um, So we had those as well as just a plain Greek salad. Um, We did the gourmet mashed potato bar, which was incredible. And then we also did a Mama Melrose inspired penne alla vodka. And for our proteins, we did a Korean barbecue short rib, uh, the pan seared beef tender, and then the Parmesan crusted chicken marsala. Wow, this sounds great. Yeah. And for dessert, we did obviously our cupcakes and then we did the flambe donuts, which were amazing. Oh, that's neat. So another signature dessert where they light them on fire and everybody oohs and ahs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So with all of this, what ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? One of my favorite things for sure was definitely Mickey and Minnie. I mean, I can't remember if it was just like the adrenaline of the day or if it was just we were so tired, but we pretty much forgot that they they were coming. So what happened was our DJ got us together for a group photo and then all of a sudden announced that there are going to be special guests. And everyone pretty much freaked out, started screaming. um, And it's still one of the most talked about things of our wedding. Um, So that was really fun. And then one of the other aspects was seeing all of my DIY items come together. Um, I had made all these things, but obviously I couldn't set them up myself. So I didn't really know what it was going to look like. I kind of just showed up. But it was way better than I expected it to be. And I don't know if that was because of my OCD list that it had very well-written instructions or if it was just like Disney magic, but everything was perfect. That's awesome. Did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? Uh, no, not at all, actually. Um, I mean, to this day, I still tell people that like, if I had to redo my wedding, the only thing I would change is that I would eat more food at the reception. <laughs> That's good. That is rare and wonderful that everything went so smoothly. But it sounds like you were super planned out to start with. So it was just easy for them to follow your instructions. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that really went wrong was I had gotten my dress hemmed to um, my heels. And then I think it was somewhere in the 90 degree weather in Florida, which is crazy for March. So I didn't end up wearing them because it was so hot and I didn't want to deal with it. So I ended up wearing flip flops. And because of that, I stepped on my dress a bit. So there was some, I ended up making some holes in the tool. So I spent a lot of time in the bathroom trying to put my dress back together. Um, But other than that, like, 
It was great. That's wonderful. Was there any aspect of the wedding that seemed like a big deal beforehand and then turned out not to be? I think that really the only thing that I spent a lot of time worrying about was first my budget and also the weather. And I don't know why people worry about the weather so much because like you can't control it. Um, So eventually I kind of just gave up thinking about the weather because I knew that there was nothing I could do about it. Um, But one of the best things that I think we did was we showed up almost the week before the wedding. And I'd say like if people have that in their budget, I definitely recommend doing it. It allowed us to drop off all of our wedding things ahead of time and just kind of hang out and relax before our guests started arriving. So we had time to settle down and not really think about things until they started happening. That's great advice. Do you have any other tips or advice for future Disney brides and grooms? Um, I would say definitely do your research. Um, I feel like if I had gone to my planning session without that PowerPoint presentation, it would have taken a lot longer. Um, And I definitely, I don't think I would have got the wedding that I did. Um, Everyone was well aware of my theming and my ideas and my vision for the wedding. um, So that definitely helped. Um, And I would say definitely don't sweat the small stuff. Like people aren't going to remember, you know, if you had menu cards or if you had gold sequin tablecloths. Um, They're going to remember the delicious food and all the experience that they're having. Um, So definitely think about the bigger picture. That's a great advice. Is there any place online where my listeners can go to read about or see photos of your day? Yeah, so I recently started a blog. um, So I've been putting together some photos there um, and my blog is madebyamouse.com m-a-d-e-b-y-a-m-o-u-s-e.com well christina thank you so much for taking the time to share the story of your day i think you've offered a lot of great tips especially for people who are interested in diy and i appreciate your taking the time no problem thanks for having me that's our show for today If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide. Available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com slash weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com. <laughs>